Recently, employees at Harvard Library came across three books that had an unusual feeling cover. They were slightly smooth and even a little shiny, unlike any leather-bound books they've seen before. Scientists and conservators carried out a series of tests on Houghton Library's copy of the French writer Arsène Houssay's Les Destinées de l'Homme and concluded with 99.9% confidence that the binding material came from a human. Yes, real human skin. Because this seemed absolutely shocking, they decided to do a little bit of research. They found that books bound with skin were actually quite popular in the 17th century. It's called anthropodermic bibliopegy. It was often done on anatomical textbooks. This practice became popular as medical professionals would use the skin of cadavers after they were dissecting them for research. This was their way of ensuring nothing went to waste. The three books found at the Harvard Library were about Roman poetry, French philosophy, and a treatise on medieval Spanish law. The book Practicarum Questionum Circa Leges Regis also had an inscription inside. The inscription said, The binding of this book is all that remains of my dear friend Jonas Wright, who was flayed alive by the Wavuma on the fourth day of August, 1632. King Mabesa did give me the book, it being one of poor Jonas Chief's possessions, together with ample of his skin to bind it, requiescat in pocket. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah! Hell yeah! Quick, quick, quick. Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love the plan there. It comes with dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Welcome back to Swish FM, Chris Mendelkin, Ben Craw, Brandon Lissy. We talk about the NBA. So much news, uh, guys. So much news wow. out there to get through. Oh my a lot, God. A lot, of, a lot of breaking developments to cover. A oh. lot has been happening, guys. We've had a whirlwind few weeks talking about the 1994 film with honors. And uh, Ben, we're back today with a little bonus episode. We just couldn't let it go. You wanted to briefly uh, share a little information you had about the Harvard University Library, Widener, yeah. sort of right, a pivotal Chris. location for many of the um, scenes in the film. So I would say central review. to the, the entire plot of the movie. Yeah, big, yep. uh, almost the fifth roommate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, I, yep. you, you could say that Widener is almost one of the characters yes, in that's right. the movie with honors. That's right. In a way. I mean, the city of Boston, as we know, is, is, a, character. is a character, but there's yeah. like sort of a, a sub-character. The merchant marine it, yeah. is a character. Yes. Um, <laughs> Bugs, Bugs Bunny's in there. Yep. Boz the roommate is a, Boz is a, p- a pivotal character. No. Dan Quayle. By the way. Dan Quayle, certainly a huge character. A all guys. Figure. My choice for the vice presidency is Senator Dan Quayle of Indiana. And he sort of hovers over the whole film. A lot of dudes. Yeah, Dan, the specter of Dan Quayle yep. illuminates Clarence the Thomas ground that we gets walk. A, gets a name drop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all guys, no girls, just yeah. the one girl. Well, they did, they did mention Anita Hill at one point. Hi, the Boston Herald over here only 
Get your paper over here, only 25 cents. Read all about it. Clarence Thomas wins appointment, moves in on top of a hill. I'll take one of those. There you go, Mitch. Yo, let me check that out. 25 cents. Hey, an oblique reference uh, when, uh, when Simon right. says uh, Clarence moves in on top of hill. Which was a uh, tasteful um, so the But we're not talking now. about Clarence <laughs> Thomas. We're talking about Widener Library. There's a book called A Dictionary of Angels. No one has opened it in 50 years. I know, because when I did, the covers creaked, the pages crumbled. There, I discovered the angels were once as plentiful as species of flies. The sky at dusk used to be thick with them. You had to wave both arms just to keep them away. Now the sun is shining through the tall windows. The library is a quiet place. Angels and gods huddled in dark, unopened books. The great secret lies on some shelf Miss Jones passes every day on her rounds. She's very tall so she keeps her head tipped as if listening. The books are whispering. I hear nothing, but she does. We thought we were done, folks, after I don't, I don't know how many episodes it's been. Lost track long ago. But we're not yep. done. We're not are done. Are we having fun? This is are, first. Are we, are <laughs> are we having fun yet? SwishFM at gmail.com. Let us know if you're having fun. If you're not having fun yet, just stay tuned, because this it's one is coming. sure to bring that, that you're in, fun that you are You're in hour for. six of our podcast <laughs> yeah. on without with honors. And if you haven't liked it up until now, get ready. You're about to like this it. This is the yeah, one that's going to finally turn it around. Down for the old gullet one last time. <laughs> yeah, open wide. Give us a chance, okay? All right. Takes a lot of shows, couple seasons, hit their stride, okay? All right, so we're going to talk a little bit today specifically about Widener Library. But before I do that, I just want to lay down two quick little little details um, yep. to, to kind of remind our audience, uh, you know, it's been a while maybe since we've covered these exact moments in the, in the film. Um, but I just want to remind everyone to, you know, set the stage, uh, a little context here. Uh, when we first meet the character of Simon Wilder, what is he doing? No, no! Hey! Stop! Get the student! Hey, we just calm down! Ow! It's mine! That's all they want. It's important. It belongs to me. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Well, he's living in the basement of Widener Library. And what is he doing uh, specifically? He's burning Monty's thesis paper, throwing one page at a time into an active furnace. 88, Um, 87. Well, for each thing you give, I'll give you one thing. A chapter. No. A page is a thing. A chapter is a whole lot of things. There are 88 pages in that thesis. There are 83 pages now. Looks like I found a way to live through the winter, Harvard. <laughs> yeah, I believe it starts at 88 pages, and by the time Monty reaches them, it's down to 82. 
He's, um, he's an absolute yeah. monster. So keep that in Murderer. mind. Keep that in mind. Um, a little further into the movie, at around 3420, following Monty and Simon's, um, you know, unfruitful visit to the Social Security office, uh, Simon says something uh, to Monty. He says, quote, God damn it, what are you doing? We made a deal. Hey, I kept my part of it. I went in, didn't I? What difference does it make whether the money comes from me or the government? The difference is I got a grievance against the government. I got a grievance against the government. I got a grievance against the government. So remember that. Keep that in mind. Many people do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, we explain, you know, we get into his his reasons for that grievance, but I just wanted to plant that little seed back in in everyone's minds. Uh, So now, let me tell you guys some fun facts about Harvard's Widener Library. Okay. Um, So Harvard Library is the umbrella organization for all of Harvard University's libraries, which comprises 79 individual libraries holding approximately 20.4 million items. Holy According to God. the American Library Association, this makes it the largest academic library in the world. Now, the largest and most recognized of those 79 libraries uh, comprising the Harvard Library System is Widener Library, located in Harvard Yard. Mm. Uh, now, Widener Library was established in 1915. It is named after 1907 Harvard College graduate and book collector... Harry Elkins Widener, who was the scion of two of the wealthiest families in America. Uh, The library was built in 1915, as I said, but it wasn't built by Harry. It was built by his mother, Eleanor Elkins Widener. Why didn't Harry build it, you ask? Uh, Because Harry died in 1912 in the sinking of the RMS Titanic. Once upon a time, there was this man, Harry Widener, who graduated in 1907. Now, Widener loved books. He absolutely loved them. So, as a graduation present, him and his mom went on a journey to Europe to go on a rare book hunt. And they found all sorts of first edition tomes and novels, and they were so successful, they decided to travel back in style on this fun little ship called the Titanic. So, what happened was, Harry and his mom supposedly had gotten onto a lifeboat, but when Harry realized that he had left his books on the ship, he supposedly jumped back on and was never seen from again. So his mother was so devastated at the loss of her son that she decided to have a library built to commemorate his love of books. So that's why we have Widener Library today. Wow. Yes. Uh, His mother, Eleanor, was also aboard. Um... But Harry's, Harry's father, uh, George Dunton Widener, bravely placed his wife and their maid, uh, Amelie Geiger, in a lifeboat. Uh, the women were rescued by the steamship RMS Carpathia, but Widener and his son Harry, uh, along with their valet Edwin Keeping, went down with the ship. Oh, man, um, what a day to be a valet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. I guess he was pre- pretty sorry he took that job, man. Um, also, fun little fact, uh, in H.P. Lovecraft's fictional uh, Thulu Mythos universe, Widener is one of five libraries holding a 17th century edition of the Necronomicon. The work of H.P. Lovecraft has influenced countless individuals, and we still see this influence today, not only in the cosmic horror genre, but in horror itself, as well as in all kinds of strange fiction. One of his most universal ideas was the Necronomicon, a fictional grimoire that features all sorts of dark rituals, magic, and strange sciences. 
Now, there is the belief that the Necronomicon may have once existed, and it was merely translated and published by Lovecraft. Although this may not be true, a lot of it comes down to Lovecraft himself, and how alluring the idea was to others. There is a lot of history and lore surrounding this particular grimoire, more so than some of Lovecraft's other work. He was also a fairly big proponent to a shared universe, and encouraging other authors to expand upon his work, if they saw potential. So when you have this many authors mentioning a very specific idea, in this case the Necronomicon, you almost get the feeling that this idea must have been real, or at least rooted in some kind of truth. And I guess that level of mystery and uncertainty is why the Necronomicon was used by so many, even in modern day work that doesn't necessarily tie into Lovecraft's mythos. Book of the, the, Book dead. Of the dead. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Um, but that's not what I'm going to talk about right now. I'm going to talk yeah. about a, another curious case of the slasher. Well, good morning from Calcutta. Now, what I'm about to tell you is a true story. This is not a bit. This is completely fact-checked, researched by a professional journalist. That would be me. Uh, in 1990, several empty book bindings, stripped of their pages, began to appear in the Widener stacks. Eventually, some 600 <laughs> mutilated books were discovered. The Vandal specifically targeted works on early Christianity written in Greek, Latin, or unusual languages such as Icelandic. Mm. Uh, there were later threatening ransom notes left describing graphic mutilations of library workers, cyanide gas attacks, bombings of both Harvard and Northeastern University libraries, as well as a local bank. Shout out to the Not Fucking Around crew. Um, and also a demand for Northeastern University to, quote, terminate all Jew personnel, unless Boy. unless $1 million was left in the Widener stacks. Uh, the perpetrator was finally captured in 1994 after an investigation conducted by Harvard and Northeastern police and the FBI. Shout out FBI Wait, agent Don I Draper. Don't like where ben, this is going. was it Buzz? Tell me it wasn't Buzz. <laughs> Was it Buzz, it Ben? It wasn't Buzz. It wasn't Buzz. Tell me. 1994. Tell continue. me. Was it Buzz? No, no, it was no not. Buzz. Buzz was never, never implicated. Um, thankfully, uh, he was. He was, of course, uh, off in Bali, as we know. Um, now, so the way it all went down was police connected an incident at Northeastern in which a library worker there, who was a former Widener employee, was caught stealing chemistry books with the fact that chemistry texts had been among the works mutilated at Widener. Hmm. Officials found a kind of renegade reference room in the worker's basement, basement, including library books, piles of ripped out pages a microfilm camera, and hundreds of unusable microfilms that he had haphazardly made of the books um, that he had destroyed, uh, worth around $180,000 in total. Uh, Now, a trial commenced in February of 1996. It lasted seven days. Um, So I dug up an article, a a March 1997 (laughs) Harvard Magazine article, Written by a reporter uh, covering the case, who was also somehow selected to be a juror for the trial, um, which doesn't really Let's make any sense. Let's just try something a little different here. That doesn't square for me, <laughs> folks. <laughs> yeah. So, you know like, what? literally, the the you can look this up, HarvardMagazine.com. Um, it. Uh, I don't. What is the? I don't know if there's an actual headline here. Oh, the headline is just the slasher. 
Um, but anyway, March 1997 article from Harvard Magazine. So the, the piece begins, I could scarcely believe my good fortune. I had begun research for an article on book theft intended to cover the trial of Stephen Womack as a reporter, was summoned for jury duty on February 21st, 1996, and found myself in the pool of prospective jurors to hear his case. I confessed to Judge Robert Barton of Middlesex Superior Court that I worked for Harvard Magazine, knew a little about the case, and had once had a drink with the attorney for the defense, William P. Homans, 41 LLB 48. Will that impair your ability to reach a fair and impartial verdict? Asked the judge. That's a yes. I don't think so, I said. <laughs> Neither counsel objecting, I was impaneled. Wow. Uh, okay, so... Simpler times. Yeah, I guess um, conflict of interest and uh, maybe it was pretty slim pickings for that, uh, for that jury pool. Who knows? Um, but anyway, getting into the case a little bit here, the defendant, uh, age 42, was a former part-time staffer at Widener Library charged with stealing or mutilating hundreds of books on church history and linguistics that he allegedly made bomb threats against Northeastern University, and then he was also charged with attempted extortion. Uh, the defendant had worked as a medical laboratory technician, drawing and testing blood for 10 years. In February 1987, he had, quote, had a little trouble with the law, he said, and was sentenced to six months at the Massachusetts Correctional Institution in Bellerica? Bellerica. While... While there, he was seen showering in his underpants and socks, turning imaginary faucets, and talking to himself. Mm. Um, now, I don't know about you guys, but when I uh, think of, you know, sort of erratic, uh, whimsical behavior involving showering or bathing mm. and the use of imaginary mm implements uh, suddenly uh, the image of a uh, a viking uh, yeah. in a giant bubble bath springs to mind uh, holding up a, an imaginary sword um sure. it was actually a, a plunger, plunger. A yeah plunger. someone someone we know who has the lust for killing yes um C-C so he was later rooster. transferred to bridgewater state hospital a secure psychiatric facility in august after his six months were up the defendant was sent to the Metropolitan State Hospital in Belmont. He was there for a year and a half until February 6, 1989, and for all but the last four months, he was locked up. He Jeez. told us that his therapy team consisted of three Jewish doctors. He became aware that the hospital was attempting to have him committed for an even longer time, and so he hired a private doctor and a lawyer at a cost of $8,000 and went several times to court to argue that he should be released, and finally, a judge so ordered. The defendant explained that he was very angry to be held after he had served his six-month sentence. He warned one of his doctors at Metropolitan State that when he got out, he would do something to get back at the system. Wow. He resolved to commit one illegal act for each day he had been held beyond his sentence. Now, one let me a just day. repeat that. One act one a day. for each day. One act um, for each day held, one oh page God. for each night it's of almost, lodging. Yeah. This this story couldn't a be wilder. A grievance against the system. A grievance against the system, a.k.a. the government. And right. he had a plan to express that grievance. And that illegal act to express that grievance was to steal and destroy pages It's of not books legal to steal somebody's that he found things. in a library. 
We're talking about a career criminal here. That's really wild, Ben. His thefts were a payback to the Commonwealth, he said in his trial. Oh, my God. Um, so yada, yada, yada. Well, the judge this... sentenced the defendant to seven to ten years. Um, I found a couple other articles about this this whole trial. Well, me... uh, between 1990 and 1992, Womack used a knife in his hands to mutilate hundreds of rare books. Um, oh, also, I found this odd little detail in a uh, in a Crimson article from 1996. In his testimony on Monday, Womack, who has a virtually inaudible voice and a unique long-armed gait that has spawned his courtroom nickname Thumper, told the jury, I stole those books as retaliation against the system. Um, now, when I think of a regular gate uh, and and a nickname like Thumper, I mean, how I don't know how long we spent analyzing the gate of of uh, of Simon and, and Monty as they uh, tromp through the snow. A uh, a Standard Times, the Standard Times is a, a, a Southern Massachusetts daily newspaper. Standard Times article from April of 1996. When Mr. Womack was arrested, investigators found a kind of renegade reference room in his basement. So, yeah. Um, a lot of connections here, guys. We've got a basement. We've got uh, the mutilating or burning of pages. We've got a, uh, you know, one book slash one page per, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, in exchange yeah. for something, a grievance against uh-huh. the system. Uh, and in case there's uh, there's any doubt here, uh, if, as uh, you may have heard, the name of the perpetrator starts with an S. Stephen, last name Womack. Womack, six letters, W-O-M-A-C-K. Wilder, six letters, W-I-L-D-E-R. Oh Stephen Womack, Simon Wilder. I uh, well, don't want to jump to any well. conclusions here, folks, but uh, I think it's safe to say Womack equals Wilder. Wilder <laughs> equals Womack. So we're thinking this guy is the inspiration for the movie with Homer. Yes. I mean... <laughs> you you might be wondering, Ben, were you stoned when you stumbled across <laughs> this uh, and and concocted this, uh, this cockamamie theory? And the answer is yes, but... Okay. Yeah, of course, of course I was, but so yeah. the, the evidence is is pretty pretty hard to deny, in my opinion. Um, well, let me. So uh, Stephen Wilder famously doesn't like si- doctors. Simon Wilder. You mean Simon Wilder? Mm-hmm. Oh God! Oh my God! Oh, no hospitals. That's right. No. Wait, hospitals. I didn't even put that piece together. That's right. We never Who really fully like... figured out why he didn't want yeah. to go. Who to wouldn't the like hospital. doctors? Huh? <laughs> All right. Ooh, I mean, that kind of that kind of clinched it for me. Is this guy still alive? Because I'd be Ben. I'd be worried. That's a good question. You're, I do you're not. Up his spot I, I researched the hell out of this, and I do not. Um, I have not been able to determine the status of Stephen Womack past 1996 or so. Um, yeah, I don't know uh, what he's up to. If he is still up to things, um, but. Um, but yeah, uh, so that was just a little interesting footnote. I would be curious to press the filmmaker behind with honors if he had any sort of outside inspiration. Yeah, I don't know if we if we have a way of tracking down the screenwriter. Um, we'll but see what we can do. Yeah, I I mean I would be shocked if that was 
all just total coincidence. <clears throat> so that is the story of the slasher. Um, well, William Mastermoni didn't go to Harvard, right? It was the he did not. Alex he did not. But you know, Alex as any Christian. writer, you know, I would imagine he, you know, did some research about his 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 setting, his subject. Matter. He's alive. He's seventy five. He's living in Trenton. William Mastermoni is alive. So. Hmm. Man. If we'll, anyone knows we'll, how to reach this this guy, we'll put uh, a, let us we'll know. Put in William, the call, folks. William, we'll put if out you're an listening, APB. <laughs> yeah, William, if you're listening, the email address is swishfm at gmail.com. Drop yeah. us a FM note. Radio at gmail. Swish FM, Swish FM radio, radio because we are a radio program, uh, yeah. of course. Let us um, know, William. Uh, I'm sure you're out there hearing this, as you must listen to all with honors media produced mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure somehow you know your people have have gotten this you know on, onto your radar um right. so right. yeah reach out to us let us know if we are on to anything here or if this is all just uh just a fab fabrication Ben's of, stone yeah. little flights of fancy uh all right boys uh closing thoughts here on with honors um you know, floor is open. Which we have a couple minutes here before we wrap up. Uh, how was this experience for you both? Um, talking about the film, listening to the pod each week. Um, was it a yeah. good experience? Beautiful. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, any of the users, it's uh, swishfmradio at gmail dot com. If you want to tell me how I feel, <laughs> I feel pretty great. I felt I felt great. I love I yeah. love all the deets. I love the the frames, the cuts, mm. yeah, the takes, We've uh, had a good time, the rewrites, the body doubles. I mean, there's been a lot of mystery and a lot of intrigue. Uh, the specter of been, Madonna. Has it been satisfactory for you to? Um, listen to uh, the film with honors over the course of six to eight hours each week via <laughs> podcast. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I if I've ever actually like done this before on the pod, but I want to go ahead and uh, shout out and thank um, our editor, uh, the That's editor right. of these podcasts. Yeah. Um, this which was a just naked so happens compliment fish folks. is Jesus. a one. <laughs> Chris Wendelkin, he's he's oh, not just the host, um, but he is also our producer and our editor. So true. when you listen to those those drops, Quail the, when you listen to to me reciting a monologue from the movie with honors uh, scored to uh, the shins yeah. Uh, yeah. from the Garden State soundtrack, it when you happen, I mean. The every little detail, like we, you know, we put a lot of time. At least I don't know about Whammy, but uh, speaking for myself, I put a lot of time into researching these episodes, <laughs> into watching these movies, into crunching these numbers. Um, I uh, I pride myself on my work ethic, but when I uh, click that record button off, my work is done, and That's that right. is when our our editor our producer chris's work begins um we actually want to change the name of the podcast to chris fm okay (laughs) (laughs) hey when your name is when your name is chris fm it's a win-win it's it's a win-win for everybody Um, well it's been a joy it's been a joy to work on but no honestly i just really want to want to thank you chris uh i wasn't done uh i wasn't done um we'd like to offer you this honorary diploma from Harvard University. <laughs> wow, that's right. In you're, cinematics, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna get to and give podcasting a graduation yeah. wait, speech. How, We've wait, arranged it. That's what I want from you guys. How does in Simon an honorary film, diploma? He in in his uh, the letter he writes. He's like, 
and without. you, Monty, will will graduate life with honors. With honors, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we did. Here. We graduated. Life. We yeah. we graduated not just from Harvard, but we graduated from life. That's right. Um, with honors, and I think we've graduated from this podcast series. Yeah, uh, we, with we, honors. We gra- yeah, cum laude, summa cum laude, magna cum laude, hard all the to cum say laudes. Um, yeah. It is hard to say goodbye. But the good news is we don't have to because we've got a lot more rewatchables. The yeah. numbers don't lie. The downloads are through the roof. The <laughs> response it, folks. is yeah. overwhelming. Um, yeah. All I can say, you know, one word, humbling. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, it, keep it coming, folks. We love been, to hear from you. SwishFMRadio at gmail.com. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, all the places you get podcasts. All it the best. Us. And, uh, yeah. Can uh, we go out to uh, Sunny, Sunny D... Uh, graduation song. What's the you know Sunny this? D graduation song? Sunny D graduation song. No, Sunny. What's her name? Hold on. Madonna. No, not not. Uh, uh, vitamin C graduation song. Vitamin C. Yeah. You'll you'll hear it. Man, right. Don't worry. I little gift. I know that one. A little drop in for you. Listen right. to the end of the podcast to get a little treat. Yeah, All right, but folks. I just want to thank you guys. This really has been uh, an absolute ball and a blast. And uh, let's do it again. We we may have more rewatchables in the future, so stay tuned. We've been tuned. talking about doing this this one for a while. With honors has been sort of uh, a white whale for us for the last year or so. We've been talking about it, and uh, it finally happened. It just came together. So glad we were able to do it. And like mm-hmm. Ben said, there will be other um, rewatchables. So stay tuned, folks. Yeah. And, uh, we'll uh, are we still banned on Spotify? Later. Did that? Did we, did no, we actually? We're oh, ban- we're good. No, we're back. We're on band. We are back. Thank God. Our, our lawyers yeah. worked all that out. that out. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right, guys. Till next week. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, as always, enjoy the hoops. That's right. <laughs> Love those hoops. Keep watching. This has been good. You can listen to Switch. 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 Switch.